Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. You have made it all the way to episode 250. Michael, hello. 250. What do you have to say to the kiddos after 250 times of doing the show? <laughs> it's a big, it, this kind of kind of snuck up on me, 250. Um, Remember when we hit a million listens or a million downloads and we just didn't even realize it and we just kept on going and it was like, it was, it was at like a million seven when we're like, oh yeah, we passed a million. You know, I still don't even know how to make sense of the metrics because I think SoundCloud counts on its own and then Spotify has different, I don't, I don't know how to look at the combined anything, so... It's a pain in the ass. So SoundCloud parses things out by its own internal metrics. So anything you see that's very clearly highlighted is a SoundCloud metric. And then you have to, like, scroll past, like, the other side of the train tracks into, like, the dark recesses and, like, go to where they don't want you to go. So, like, you have to end up in Hialeah and then realize, oh, okay, third-party metrics are here uh, okay yeah so you have to add to i'm sorry for anyone that's in hialeah you have to add together the main soundcloud metrics and then combine them with the third party metrics and adding those two numbers together gives you total place yeah well thank you all for listening <laughs> still and welcome to episode 250 thanks for subscribing to uh two broke soundcloud watch stops uh <laughs> we just talk about the ins and outs of soundcloud and do we ever want to change or we stay on soundcloud forever i don't really know i don't know what's cool what what are uh, what, what are kids recording on now soundcloud is just a bunch of rappers now i think are we rappers and we're not no rappers <laughs> we're certainly not rapper cool <laughs> but it's working i don't know it's so far so good I'll tell you, man. This is going to be a ton of fun. Episode 252 for Watch This Podcast. Thank you, everyone. Um, I guess this is a milestone episode. I mean, if you've listened to the show for a while, you know how we are. Um, it's a milestone, and I think we're going back to basics a little bit uh, with this topic. And it's worth revisiting 250 episodes later because we started <laughs> the podcast with affordable vintage watches. Yeah. And I think we started messing around with price ranges a little bit and then... Affordable Vintage Part Two, Part Three. I love, yada, yada. I love that first episode. It was like yeah. our first date, and like we were so nervous. Yeah. <laughs> and like I was, I was just learning how to take off the bra. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so ah man, it was so good. Uh, but here, this is gonna be a ton of episode two hundred fifty. Um, bringing it back to basics. Best watches under one thousand dollars. The twenty twenty three edition. We haven't really done. Um, a price cap episode like this. This is also in honor of one of the recent pieces we published on twobrokewatchnaps.com. Go and check out twobrokewatchnaps.com. Uh, the, the piece is just called Best Watches Under a Thousand Bucks. We'll also see if we can get a link into the show description for that piece as well. But so much has just happened in regards to not just our own perspective on watches, but just the watch industry, watch manufacturing, and just the nature of what's possible with the micro brand. We're like, you can do some serious fucking damage in a good way with a thousand bucks. Yeah, micro brand, micro brand prices are very different these days. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, in some ways, they're still the same. Um, Seiko prices are very different these days. <laughs> Citizen prices, not so much. Like, can we program? <clears throat> sorry, as I choke on my sparkling juice. Um, can we program the the Chat GPT GPT uh, bot to be us from 2016, so we can like interview ourselves? That that'd be kind of fun. That'd be I hilarious. Want, 
are we in the data set our voices can we put episodes into how does that work i don't know i was just thinking like a text conversation i didn't i I didn't know you wanted to go full like i want to have a voice conversation with myself so scary (laughs) i don't want to mess with that thing i do mess with the little image one what is it dolly mini where it's like oh the ai uh, AI generated images where you like type a description and outputs it renders yeah. an image. That's cool. I yeah, it, early on it was really bad, but now the images actually look pretty good. <laughs> telling you, man. It's just getting wild. But yeah, before before we get to best watches under a thousand bucks, um, which I'm super excited for, uh, we have to honor tradition, Michael, for the 250th time. And I guess in honor of the 250th time, I'm I'm excited for this wrist check. But do do, do you want to do an audio, an audio wrist check with me? Yep. <clears throat> what are you wearing? I'm proud you of wearing? this one. I think this one is not this one is not on your most recent list, but it is on another list that is on the website uh, for the pilot watches under a thousand dollars. And this is a watch that I had. Um, it came into my collection as part of a sale, and right. then uh, something that I sold, and then and then I sold it. And then it came back into my collection as part of a trade. <laughs> so it's got it. Same exact cool. one. Same exact one. It's been around. That's yeah. funny. It's, it's one of those incestuous like slack watches. It's got uh, this, 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 the stink of the slack <laughs> all yeah, over it. This one's been around. Uh, and it's, uh, it's the CWC, the Melor 72 <laughs> Mechanical. That one is on the best pilot list that you put together. That's cool. That K-shape is really fascinating to me. Yes. Yeah. I love it. It's just, it's one of the earliest, uh, you know, MOD spec designs that, uh, were, were being produced at the time. And mm-hmm. it's funny because, uh, you can find old ones that are marked either W10. So those went to the army and then you can find others that are marked six BB in okay. the case back. And those would be for the air force. So they were kind of shared between, um, you know, different, different branches and this uh this Melor 72 that CWC reissued uh it's just basically on paper the same exact specs same nice. look everything uh with the exception of the loom this has luminova um and it's just such a cool mechanical hand winding watch uh and then as of right now it's about if you do it the conversion it's around 550 bucks um it's not bad. and it's it's just is it's a real mil spec watch with you know good history i think cwc is um you know they've clearly made some really cool stuff over the years be mm-hmm. it the, the, this one or the the quartz general purpose watches or the divers or the chronographs i love them all but this one is uh it's great. It's 30. It's a tiny one. Not yeah. tiny, not uncomfortably tiny, but it's, uh, you know, they say 38 millimeters, but I think that's with the crown. I think it's closer to 35 ish. And oh, then okay. the, the dial is even smaller. So it's, it's got that small compact look on the wrist, like almost what my Doxa does with the little dial. It looks yeah. smaller than, than yeah, 42 yeah. and fixed, fixed spring bars. So I have this now on a, um, uh, and, and a new old stock Vietnam era single pass 16 millimeter strap that somebody found at some point. What is, I mean, how does, how does that work? How, where did you find this strap? 
I'm still trying to figure out how the person that I got it from found it. And it's kind of cryptic. So, but <laughs> oh. apparently that's what it is. Okay. Uh, it looks really cool. It looks really cool. It's like an olive color, single strap, uh, single pass strap. And it's a little undersized for, for this case. This case has 18 millimeter lugs, but and this one's 16. So uh, I just, I really like the look and um, just a, a solid single unit of pilot watch. So my favorite question to ask you every time this new watch or watch comes back into the fold, is it going to stay? Are you, what's your, what are your feelings towards it? I really like it. I'm, I think I'm, being a little bit better about what is the core collection and what is the the fun box. So mm. I've got I've got the box and then I got the fun box. I'll reach into the fun box. When, <laughs> so the real question is, will it make its way into the main box? Or the and fun that sounds yeah. this sounds super douchey talking about it two hundred fifty episodes later. It's like oh I got two boxes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Uh, that makes sense but, though. I think I'm, I I think whether people realize it or not, they do something like that. There's watches that are their core pieces, and there's pieces that maybe don't get as much wrist time. That maybe they don't relegate to the fun box, but to the wild card box. Like, yeah. ah, let me try that on. I haven't tried it on in a long time. You know what I mean? I really did miss it. So I I you know I had gotten rid of it, and then I I put a message out there. I basically said, "Where is this watch now?" <laughs> Like, what <laughs> you fuckers have my watch? Yeah, basically. And and then it just so happened that I was trying to get rid of something at the time. And then a trade was arranged with like, you know. I think uh, I think my Orient Star GMT has been passed around a lot in the, yeah. in the Slack. It might make its way back to you, you know, if, if ever that day comes. I think I'm okay with that. That's <laughs> You're fine. okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's nice to see it. It's nice to see people enjoying it. It is a gorgeous fucking watch. Yeah. That thing photographs crazy well. So, I like I like having this one. It was it was a little weird having two of the CWC divers because I like I think the CWC diver to have is the SBS some iteration of right. the SBS. Mm. Um, so I got rid of the eighty three, but then I was sad that I also got rid of this. So I kind of like having a CWC diver and then one of the CWC general general purpose watches. Um, nice kind of fun cool that's a good one glad, i'm glad i made its way back and curious to see yeah where it's fate <laughs> where it's who fate knows who knows oh man is that my is that uh is that my turn sorry my cat's here cat is it my turn what you got for episode 250 i'm wearing something that uh i guess i don't know if i ever i, I know um i know i always I always knew I would somehow get this watch, but I was never sure on the path to it. And, you know, I've had a very tumultuous history with this watch. I fought tooth and nail to get it. I finally got it. I, for some reason, in some sort of mad fugue state, sold it. I was able to get it back. Same exact watch for episode 250. I'm wearing, if you haven't guessed it, I'm wearing my Slava Medical. Um, this is a really special watch. Yeah. <laughs> Two watches that that have left us and then came back. I was going to say, (laughs) this watch is really funny. So, I mean, like, in the early days, like, when I was really, really getting into the um, Soviet orology thing, like, it was very, it was just that, 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 that particular, that particular niche within, you know, watch collecting, like, Soviet watches. So, watches 
you know, but, but in theory produced from 1917 to approximately uh, 1991, 1992. Um, always fascinated me. And like this watch in particular was the watch where I was just like, yes, that is the one that I need to get. And then, and then like, it just, it's, they don't come up for sale very often. And it took me a long time to get an example that I liked. And it was just, I don't know what I was doing selling it. Thank you to the person that sold it back to me. I owe you big time. Um, <laughs> so I didn't have to go on another hunt to yeah. get this thing again. But no, I love this watch, man. It's perfect, you know? I haven't worn yeah, it in is a that, while. That's also hand-wind only, right? It's, it's a hand-wind watch. It is rocking the Slava... Uh, I was going to say in-house caliber, but they didn't really have much of a choice. But it's rocking the Slava 2428, which is a double mainspring barrel movement. Not to be confused with the Eta 2824. It is the Slava <laughs> 2428. It's 24 millimeters wide, so it's a hand-wind movement. Um, the thought process with the double barrel mainspring... Uh, so traditionally, the uh, you know automatic watch or mechanical watch will have a single large mainspring. Um, as that mainspring uh, kind of releases energy, the idea is that as it gets as as less and less charges in the mainspring barrel, the 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 accuracy kind of diminishes because the the tension in the barrel isn't the same as in, as when it was you know uh, more you know more close to being fully wound. So the idea with the yeah. double mainspring barrel is that. It's meant to keep it at a more consistent rate as the power declines, um, you know, in the watch. I have no fucking idea if that actually works, but the idea with doing the double mainspring barrel uh, Slava 2428 in the Slava Medical is that this is a pulse meter. This is, you know, essentially designed for a doctor to be able to um, take someone's pulse. And so in that sort of situation, especially if you're in um in like a, in like a conflict situation, um you probably needed to be pretty accurate. So uh, I just love this watch, man. It's cool. Or if you get winded going up and down the stairs, you can <laughs> check. <laughs> or, if, or if I just get up too fast, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of lightheaded. Let me take my pulse. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I, I made a video on how the on how the Slava Medical Pulse Meter works. It's just how a pulse meter um, in general works. It's uh, it's really, really cool. It's on our It's on our YouTube channel, Michael. We have one. Um, we have a YouTube. When, when was our last upload? I don't even know. 19, 1995. Um, it was, uh, let me see. It was a long time ago. It might actually be that Slava Medical. Um, I bet you it is. Are you both Googling it? Are you both Googling our own YouTube? No, I'm closing my, my case. All right, well, I'm Googling our YouTube. Um, the last thing we posted... You know what? It was the remember the TBWS writers room. Oh, those were fun. It was two yeah. years ago. So the last episode, TBWS uh, uh, writers room, we covered some Brightling 2020 releases. Ooh la la. We. That's <laughs> so, uh, great. Yeah, the YouTube channel is getting a lot of love. But um, but if you're curious on how a pulse meter works, go and check it out. Slava Medical. How does a pulse meter work? You'll. Uh, Hopefully get some value out of that. It's just hard to to get excited about YouTube. About producing content for YouTube? Yeah, it's just... Yeah, because we're not fucking soulless, vapid-eyed losers doing React videos. Sorry to anyone that does React videos, honestly. You know what I mean? Although, Michael, maybe we should. What do you want to react to? Would that be good for us? Like, I react to... I don't know. 
why don't we why don't we react to old episodes of our own show <laughs> and we'll just put like thumbnails of us like holding our nose and being like Whoa! and just being like you know watch nerds react to the past that's like the thumbnail yeah I may have to slip my own throat on air <laughs> when it comes to that. That'll get lots of views. That would get lots of views, but really, what's the longevity? <laughs> I don't know how many times I could what's theoretically the do here? that. <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's the long-term plan? Please <laughs> slipping my throat on air. Where's this going? But yeah, no, I, I, this is a YouTube channel. It doesn't get a lot of love. I don't know what to do with it. <sighs> but if you want a YouTube channel that is high quality, go and check out Just Watches true yeah that is a fine ass motherfucking youtube channel a damn fine damn fine (laughs) telling you man doing it right you know in my opinion right but yeah so for the wrist check i'm wearing the slava medical i love it i this thing is just i'm traveling soon traveling next week for work so i'm trying to figure out if i want to wear this or if i should just like do one watch for the whole trip and just wear like the 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 grand seiko or the or the seamaster what do you wear more between those two? The Seamaster or the, the Grand Seiko? Grand Seiko. It's lighter. Yeah, it is lighter. I love it. Like I, I the the Seamaster for me is really fun. It's like my weekend watch. So if Becky and I are like Dude, I'm up to my fucking eyeballs and baby stuff. So like we were we were going looking mm-hmm. at like baby stuff. Um <clears throat> and I had on that because it's like my weekend watch or whatever, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Lots of baby stuff. I'd be freaking out, but I'm not freaking out. Cause the thing is, it's interesting. So I think I go through these moments of, um, like, Oh shit. Like, what am I going to do? And then moments of like, it's going to be fine. Cause the thing is, it's so gradual, like over the course of all these months and weeks, mm-hmm. you know? So right now, you know, we're able to maintain like somewhat stable emotions, uh, yeah. perfectly aware that much closer to uh to the to, to the main event that it's all just gonna fall apart because like we have friends who have uh, uh babies and young kids and they all say the same thing it's like yeah you walk in the hospital one way and leave totally changed like nothing's ever the same <laughs> after you walk out those yeah. doors ever again and i'm like shit okay that's cool man <laughs> thanks thanks dude guy <laughs> Can I just get my mail now? That's cool. <laughs> I'll just sign, I guess. No, but like, because it, it, um, you know, but that's just, that's fine. It's, it's, that's just the nature of it. We're pumped though. We're, we're getting all the nursery stuff ready and everything like that. But, um, but to answer your question in a very, very long way, I wear my Grand Seiko more, but if I'm doing something not routine or fun or something on the weekend, usually grab my 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 seamaster are you gonna do the thing where your where your wife gives birth and then you immediately leave and you're like i need to go to the closest rolex boutique and buy a watch for my son (laughs) no i'm not because it's just i don't know i've seen people do like the 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 what what, what do they do they'll buy they'll buy a rolex or they'll buy a watch Mm -hmm. for their kid and they'll wait till they're like 18 and like their 18th birthday they'll give it to them you know what i mean um yeah. No, because it's just gonna like like piss and shit and chew on it. So like, I guess it's kind of cool. I just I I always worry I, or I wonder about the logistics. I was like, how long did you wait before you left the hospital? You just like, 
See, so when people really do that, they'll just, they'll just walk out. They'll, they'll, they'll just leave their partner and they'll just walk out of the, and like go to the closest. Rolex I feel like routine. I've read some stories like that. Like that happens. You know what I'll do? I'll buy a Cassie at the gas station on the way home. <laughs> when I still have to get my wife some Gatorade, I'll just I'll just get the first fucking Casio I see at the counter. How That's really that? good. Or you can get a Timex. The uh, sorry, there's uh, I don't know if that cow came through, but um, hold, on, the, hold, on, hold on, hold on, let's go back. There's a cow. There's a what does the cow think? The cow reacted after you said Casio. So. <laughs> yeah, they're really close today. Um, you can get a you can get one of those Timex Easy Readers that have Dude. the little plastic uh, on the crown, and then you know you never have to worry about the the battery running out. So when when the kid turns eighteen, you can just pull that little thing out, push the crown in. Oh, that's right. funny. But won't the battery leak? Maybe it would. I don't know. I'm not a battery expert. Uh, we're, 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 two, we're two broke non-batteryologists, so I'm not entirely <laughs> sure if the battery needs to be engaged for it to... Uh, I don't know. Maybe I take the battery out. <laughs> Maybe. This is just a lot of work now at this point. I gotta buy a cast... Or I gotta buy a Timex, break it open with a butter knife, pry the, pry the battery out somehow with my fingers. I don't know. Wait 18 years and then give it to, 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 to baby Cass. I think the watch is the last thing you're thinking about right now. I certainly don't give a shit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm tra- it's Becky. Um, Becky's in like a like a bunch of like mom groups and like Discord groups, and they're really supportive and everyone's super nice. And I was trying to find like dad groups and stuff like that, or like dad Reddit groups and like dad Discord groups, and like this is like it's so stupid. It's just men complaining about their wives and saying like, oh, I can't wait to play ball with my boy and ride motorcycles together it's just like okay listen fucking man like this is just this this is just this is just this this, this just feels weird you know what i mean all you have to do is just rewatch daddy daycare it'll teach you everything about fathering. everything i need to know <laughs> very underrated isn't daddy daycare i don't think i've ever seen this it's pretty funny is it a good one it's it's pretty good They're good I'll, I'll put that on our, our recommended parental reading list then yeah viewing list <laughs> recommended by michael listen 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 childless mike recommended that we watch this movie in preparation for our child babe all right i don't want to hear anything we're watching this film your wife's like you're not allowed to be friends with him anymore you're not (laughs) delete delete his number right fucking now i want to watch you delete it baby no he's my only friend that's good (laughs) i'm telling you man but no i mainly wear the grand seiko (laughs) cool cool yeah, those Omegas, uh, the, the, that era of Omega Seamaster, I was, this is way off topic, but I found an interesting thread on Reddit. And I think the question was, uh, what modern watches or modern-ish watches <clears throat> do we have today that are destined to become classics in the future? And I think uh, somebody mentioned, you know, those Brosnan era Seamasters, be it mm. quartz or, or automatic, because they're already you know they're going up they're going up in value i was you know i was i still think about i guess i've waited too long dude looking for looking for the the black dial sword hand version Mm -hmm. it's you're already at black bay 58 money wow it's like damn that's kind of crazy i thought it'd be 1500 bucks or something like so uh you want mine i'll send you mine i don't want you to be c masterless oh no it's okay okay. like i care about you I'm planning things. Planning, plotting, always plotting. <laughs> plotting things. Gears and gears, man. Somebody, yeah, no, tried to, somebody tried to sell me something on Instagram the other day, and I was like, 
I'm planning things. <laughs> I got plans. What were they trying to sell you? Oh, it was it was another uh, a British chrono, um, quartz mm. military chronograph. It was pretty cool, but I was like, I gotta pass. I mean, there are things in motion. <laughs> things in motion. You can't possibly understand. Yeah. Random Instagram person. <laughs> that would be uh, that's cool though. But that's good. That's that's this is this is a fine risk check. Yeah. Yeah. Should we oh, talk man. about the the website that's so much more active these days? Let's it's it's yeah, let's get into housekeeping. Housekeeping mode. Go and check out twobrokewatchtimes.com. Um lots of fun things going on on the website in addition to um, I think we just mentioned, um, just posted this best watches under a thousand bucks list. Super, super cool. We'll talk more about that when we get into the main show. Um, Michael has been crushing it on new releases. Anything on here of particular notes that you want to highlight? Well, you remember when we had TJ on and I couldn't remember the details about the new Bulova Lunar Pilot? Yes. <laughs> I gave you four different sizes. <laughs> that was great. You're like, you're like, it's either 40 or 41 or 42 or 43. I'm like, okay, those are just four different numbers. It was so embarrassing. We had, we had this, this, this proper man on a man of precision and accuracy, like TJ. And I'm just like, oh, I don't know what it's like. <laughs> yeah. So it's a 43.5 lunar pilot, uh, came out, I think this so past Tuesday, 1.5 millimeters slimmer. But you, you know what's interesting? I and I, I wrote about this in in the article. I keep I keep seeing people say same size as the original. Now it's so hard to find information about that first one. I've I've never seen a, but case measurements of that watch. That watch um, was either. owned privately. It was auctioned to a private buyer, um, for a lot of money, and it's disappeared again. Mm. Um, I don't. So I guess I guess according to to Bulova, it's the original was forty three point five. So um, I've seen some some YouTubers have have them in hand at this point, and they look I mean they look really good. I I don't there, there's a panda version now where the subdials are blue and even yeah, those, those at that. pushers those pushers are an anodized blue as well. But I mean that oh. black one is. I, I reread I reread my old review and and I, I thought wow they've I think they've probably fixed everything or at least have gotten very very close. They read so that, your review. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that was a big release next to some steaming pile of crap. The uh, the other Accutron astronaut. Well, I mean it's just not crap. I'm being. I'm being mean, but it's just... This didn't need to exist. Yeah, it's kind of... That's my favorite test with these watches. Does this need to exist? Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at least they're at least they're thinking about the astronaut. Um, it's just... I guess they moved... So they have those two product tiers now, or it's almost a different brand. Accutron and Boulevard are different brands. Yeah, they're trying to treat it as a different brand, it feels like. Or at least they did originally when they were uh, when they redid the... Uh, the remember the Space, space View movement? View, yeah. With the static movement yeah. and everything like that? Yeah. I mean, they, they got cool watches. I Maybe maybe tease, tease the watch with this Accutron version and then maybe come up with something for the, uh, uh, for the Archive series, just like you know just like this uh this lunar pilot so because mm. they said i think they said in one of their uh social marketing posts they said that this is our most our most requested reissue it's like okay 
thanks for talking about missing the mark though <laughs> right what? so i don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes that that was a big that was a big release um you know we we put the review up for the uh the imperial the royal guard 200 yep that was a fun watch to mess with Dude, Those your are photos all... your photos are insane on that thank review. you thank you i appreciate it i feel so insignificant no you take good photos too um <clears throat> appreciate you saying that <laughs> and then we had two really cool limited editions uh come out so that's synchron poseidon ice diver mm. so nice <laughs> so nice i think it's the coolest in all my meandering about the doxa army and synchron military and right you know whatever iteration of this watch i was thinking about this to me it's the coolest one i i some people barf at the idea of the uh you know the yellow hand with the cream indices and all that but i think it looks really cool with i the, think it looks cool yeah yeah uh and then we had the just this past week monta announced the uh uh another limited run of the sky quest so nice. the last time they when they discontinued the first generation they did this special yeah. colorway just right. 50 pieces and now they're doing it again this silvery white dial with uh you know gilt accents and a pepsi bezel and i just i don't know if that that marks the end of the second generation uh you know or where they're gonna go from here but it's a very very sexy watch that that comes out that's gonna come out two days from the time you this episode comes out so nice. it'll probably go very fast i have a question mm. i'm looking at the poseidon yes ice diver i guess the little logo on there yeah is that a trident spearing a, a whale or a, a like a bahi bahi dolphin what, what i don't is know that? what i don't know what it is it's a trident stabbing something stabbing something yeah yeah so that's that's the uh that's the dive equipment company for the uh their um they supply the swedish armed forces and it's a Swedish company, and that's their logo. Do they have some kind of vendetta against like fish, or? Hey, man, I've said it. I've said it on this show before. I'm pro whaling. <laughs> don't, don't. Now I gotta edit that out. <laughs> no, it's fine. Leave it in. I um, it just doesn't scream diving to me. Uh, it's logo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. No. It just, I, I don't know what it is. I think it looks kind of cool. I just like, I, I like. I like these type of uh, these type of uh, you know Doxa Synchron watches with the co-branded dials. They're mm-hmm. they're really they're really cool. So yeah, cool, definitely cool releases. Let me see, we missed anything else? Imperial on here. I don't know if we talked about the most expensive watches piece uh, that's on there. Yeah, you did that. There's some uh, impressive stuff in that article. Go and go and check it out if you just want to be totally desensitized to price tags. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> yeah, I was because I was working on that piece and I was just like I was working on it. I was working on it for a while actually. And at a certain point, I was just like, ah, all right, uh, eight million. I guess that's fine. Not bad actually. And I'm just like, wait, that's ho- that's horrible. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, wow, eight million dollars. <laughs> Did you yeah. ever? Did you ever get as you were getting to the bottom, and things got pricier and pricier? Did you ever write a price and think, "Oh, it's not that bad for this one," I guess, and you just keep on going? You have to catch yourself. I I did that. 
<laughs> Let me look at the list. I did that with um I think I did that with this sapphire Richard meal. Seems like a great deal. It's 1.5 million dollars. A real bargain. Real bargain like wow, they're really offering fantastic dollar dollar for value here um at Richard meal. Well, it's a cable suspended movement in a case that's entirely made of sapphire with um some like support beams that are also made of titanium. And so I'm just like, you know what? That's not a bad deal for $1.5 million. You know, Richard Meal is kind of a dream guest for me. I would oh, yeah? I would love to have him on the show and just have a very candid conversation where he's just like, Yeah, I love I love tricking celebrities into thinking I love money. Give me <laughs> so much money for these ridiculous plastic watches. <laughs> so it's great. great. <clears throat> I'm telling you, man. But yeah, go and check out the site, TwoWorkWatchTops.com. We have a lot of other really fun pieces coming up. Lots of really fun, um, uh, just, we have ears on lots of new releases and things like that that are also coming up, which I think are going to be super, super exciting. Um, but yeah, go and check that out. Totally a lot of fun. Uh, oh, uh, Best German Watch Brands. Did I mention that? No, I don't think so. I don't remember that one. So if you're curious on German Watch Brands, there are more than three, uh, as I found out. <laughs> When I was mm-hmm. doing, when I was doing that piece, so um, should be a ton of fun. Yeah. Uh, you want to get to it? You want to? You want to get to it? You want to get to it? Best yeah. Watches for under a thousand. Not the world's most dollars. expensive watches. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna go from Richard Meal to um, best watches for under a thousand dollars. I'm trying to think of how I felt about a thousand dollars in twenty twenty sixteen. I'll tell you right now. So the the thousand dollar mark for me was a huge, not a mental block, but I had it in my mind, and this was a very very misguided sense. So this is a very very misguided notion, and I recognize that now um, uh, as a as a slightly more aged um, collector. I had it in my mind that one thousand dollars was a price point that I was very afraid to break, but I felt like I had to break it in order to be pushing my collection to that next level it's like oh you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna push it i'm gonna i'm gonna evolve from a charmander under a thousand bucks into a charmeleon when i break that one thousand dollar mark area and i'll tell you right now the 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 watch that i did it on the watch that i spent um over a thousand bucks on was my orient star gmt wz0071dj um I love that watch. I got that watch to to to. I got that watch to commemorate a job I had gotten um, that I ended up hating and quitting very quickly. But like in my mind, I justified it. I'm like, oh yeah, I got the new job. This is going great. It's time for me to evolve into a one thousand dollar plus collector. Mm-hmm. You know that that's how yeah. my brain used to think. I now know that's fucking stupid. Like that concept is just very toxic, and I know I imbibed that just from instagram watch culture and just like a reddit watch culture and everything like that so um that's how i used to feel about the thousand dollar mark yeah i'm curious though who did you start with did you start with charmander in the game so when i on my first playthrough it was charmander okay i did squirtle well the thing is traditionally depending on the situation your starter pokemon whoever the fire pokemon is the base attack uh metric I think is like 
a little bit higher. That could have mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. It could have changed. I'm prepared to be descended upon by all ye Pokemon neckbeards. That's fine. But that was always the understanding that when when um when we were still on the Game Boy, all right. Okay. Um Fire Pokemon Raw was the strongest. But you started with Squirtle. Why Squirtle? Why Squirt Squirt? I don't know. I, I just I th- I thought it was I thought well, it was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then I don't know, man. By the end, my Blastoise was pretty, pretty gnarly. You don't fuck with Blastoise. Like, yeah. you don't get in the way of that shit. <laughs> Try hitting that turtle in the road as he's crossing. Uh, get a hydro uh, cannon in the fucking face, dude. <laughs> Eating glass and lake water. You know? We either had a lot of people just leave or just. <laughs> Just love the show so much more. <laughs> I don't know. I can't ever tell. Oh man! But that, but like that's how I, I viewed it as evolving. Um, which again, I don't know if you're just getting into watch collecting now, or if you've been in watch collecting for a long time. But I have no problem confidently stating that that thought process is very toxic. Um, yeah, it's it's not good. I mean, because especially you know, looking at the CWC for example, it's well under, well under a thousand. And if uh-huh. um. <clears throat> I mean, there's so much stuff over a thousand that's way crappier than this watch, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what to think about the price point itself other than a lot of folks maybe thinking that same, uh, that same idea that you had. That, yeah. Oh, you, you get something really nice when you... You don't always get what you pay for with watches. <laughs> you don't always get what you pay for, and then sometimes you get way more than what you paid for. So. Yeah. I mean, I always think of the the Fairwind from from Halios. Nice. Uh, you know, when I showed you that watch, you you were just like, dude. You told me, I think you told me it was like six or seven hundred bucks, and I was like, wait, what? I thought it was like fifteen hundred or something like that. Like, and then yeah. and then that thought I had was reinforced when I handle it because I'm like, it doesn't feel like a seven hundred dollar watch. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, I I remember a while back. Mont Blanc sent me something to review and it was like I don't know it was like a three thousand dude it felt like a oh I remember this watch it broke right no it didn't break but not not to say it was a bad watch but it felt just like a Seiko SNK like it felt like I was just like I can get one of those things so uh, it, it really is um you know, we, we talk about the price point a lot and we, I, I just, maybe that's the point where folks start to feel uncomfortable. A lot of times it's, uh, you know, $800 is a lot, $500 is a lot, uh, but maybe it's a lot to the point where you think, okay, I can still be a little bit silly and spend 500 on this, but maybe, maybe a thousand is where folks start to plan a little bit more. Yeah. Um, you know, again, even though 500 is not cheap for a watch either. Uh, so that's, that's probably why the number is so, uh, so talked about, you know, that's, that's the point yeah. where you got to start doing some thinking. I remember for me when price point and watches got really weird because, you know, for, first watch I ever, I ever consciously purchased was the Seiko SNK, the 805. I think it's 805. It's the green, it's the green one. Uh, uh, as per your recommendation, mm-hmm. um, that was before I really knew anything about watches. And then, Started getting into it and started liking it, and I started like, and, I, and at that point I was really getting into like, uh, like the watches subreddit and um, Instagram and things like that. And then where I got fucked up, or like I think where I started to realize, in retrospect, kind of what fucked me up is that um, 
I would see people fawning and like, 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 you know, ogling and huge upvotes and crazy likes and engagement on like specific types of watches, you know, on Reddit and on Instagram. And then I started to realize this one of the main kind of similar threads and every watch that gets a crap ton of like love is they're usually pretty expensive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like at least at the time for how I was interacting with the internet, that's just what I noticed. And so in my mind, I had this sense of like, oh shit, okay. To get a watch that really like gets respect from other watch collectors, because again, that, that that's toxic thinking. That's how I was thinking back then. In order for me to get a watch that really is respected by other watch collectors, I gotta I gotta spend more money. I gotta up my budget. Yeah. You know? So like I'll blame I'll blame social media all fucking day. Well and the, ruining in, a lot of folks' perception on watch collecting. In the marketing too, because I think a lot of watch marketing is it's the one the astronauts wore. Or <laughs> it's the one the pilots wore. Or it's the one that the Navy SEALs wore. Mm-hmm. And there there's there's a lot of expensive stuff when you hear those uh those scenarios but you know okay yeah it's the one the astronauts wore well astronauts also wore the (laughs) f91w i I can people uh people will buy the watch to i guess be the person or try to be the person or be feel like they're in the same club yeah well i mean one of the toxic rules of marketing is that you sell someone something that makes them feel like what they want to be yeah. But they can't yeah. be, but maybe I can pay to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing is that there are so many, you know, the, those big marketing scenarios like, yeah, it's the one the race car drivers wear like, <laughs> or astronauts or Marines. There's yeah. so many, so many of those applications can be, uh, I guess, experienced with very sub $1,000 watches. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I, uh, a thousand, yeah, a thousand is uncomfortable. Do you remember your first over a thousand purchase? Are you comfortable talking about it? Um, I don't count the first. Okay. Show, show me on the doll where the watch purchase hurt you. Well, I'll, I'll say the one that happened and then stuck. Uh, it it was, it was the Speedmaster. And that was, that. that was, that was big. Um, still broken. It's. Still broken. I'm sorry. Is the cow coming through? <laughs> no, I'm laughing at the okay. fact that it's still broken. I I can't hear this cow. I I. Okay, the the noise gate is working. Point That's your good. mic towards him. I, now I want to hear. <laughs> it's just going nuts. Um, cow in danger. Is there like a bobcat there or something? The speedmaster is in the process of getting fixed. Mm. However, I'm not the one that's fixing it. Well, I would hope not. Uh, well, I'm not the one in its care anymore. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just find myself just quoting that show just at really not the most appropriate times. I see. So, okay, I understand. That's cool. That's exciting. Yeah, we, part, we can talk about your, that. Is this part of your planning? Your plan? It's part of my plan. I yeah. like it. Cool. All right. That's fun, man. Ah, oh, I'm telling you that, dude. But here, let's let's do this. So, best watches I see. Best watches after a thousand bucks. I got this piece on this site. I broke it up by three different categories. I did best watches under a thousand bucks for divers, 
Um, for dress watches, dress watches is a bit is a bit difficult in this kind of price range. We'll talk about why in a second. And then um, I also broke it down by probably one of my most favorite categories right now, because it's also one of my most fucking elusive. Uh, the everyday watch. So mm-hmm. so 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 neither neither a diver nor a dress watch be be an ever, ever, everyday watch. Um, how do how do you want to do this, Michael? How do do you do you do you want just since I have a, I literally have a list of my choices in front of me right now. Do you want to just throw throw one of yours out there? Let's let's try to revisit the point where so many of us started. So when we're talking about under a thousand, I think so many of us had two watches in front of us: mm. the SKX or the Orient Mako. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, it was. It was one way in 2016 when we started this podcast, and I'm wondering if it's the same way now. I don't uh, think it's the same way. The Orient Mako won, as far as I'm concerned. The SKX is just super expensive now. I think the Orient Mako won in the long term, and then at the same time, Citizen proved that they had some incredible options the whole time that people still ignore. So, Citizen uh, or Orient? Yeah, Citizen and Orient. Oh, so, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I was wearing the the eco drive that you gave me mm. uh, just this past week. That watch on a awesome. on a toxic NATO is like core TBWS. <laughs> so, um, and I, I think I think that those watches like like the Mako or the Kamasu are are, are mm. really on top now. Um, so oh, I didn't put the Kamasu on this fucking list. Damn it, yeah. that's a good one. So in terms of under a thousand, that's that's. Those are probably the places where I would start looking these days. Something like an Eco Drive or even the automatic, the NY series uh, Citizen Divers. There's mm-hmm. so many versions now, and I think they're easier to get now stateside. Um, you can get one with a full loom dial, different color bezels. Uh, they Then they have some kind of Miyota inside, which is. I put cool. this latest iteration of the um, uh, Pro Master Mechanical Divers in titanium. 41 e- millimeters with the Miyota 9015 or 9051. Okay. That's on the list just as, okay. a, as a newer iteration. So that's a good one. Yes. That one's super popular now. Mm-hmm. I would, oh, I would, I, I tried that watch on in New York. It was so fun. I felt so bad. There were, I think there were two ladies uh, taking care of the citizen booth and they had so many watches in front of them and just like every neck beard just wanted to touch this titanium watch. It's just the only thing that people were messing with. It was really funny. Well, I think it um didn't it kind of get announced around that time or close to that time? It was close, yeah. Yeah, so everyone everyone wanted to see. So I'm not I'm not surprised about that. But yeah, I think these days if you're looking at that sort of quote unquote affordable diver spot, I would probably kind of veer someone away from Seiko, ex- with the exception of I did put the turtle on this list <laughs> for divers. Um Seiko Turtle as, you know, a really good under a thousand dollar uh dive watch that is unique, has its own really, really special kind of provenance and history. And you also have a lot of versions. So really between like three hundred and eighty bucks to like six, seven, eight hundred bucks, there's a crap ton of just model versions that you can get if you like the turtle format, you know? Well the 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 Seiko Turtles They've pretty they've held their own in that price range pretty consistently. Yeah. Uh, there's a new version now of the black dial one. Um, I, I forget the reference, but that one is still there. And I think even from the first generation, the first set that came out, I think there was the black one, there was a Pepsi one, and a blue one. Mm. And 
the Pepsi and the blue, you can still get them the same way that they were released way back. That's so cool. Uh, and the pri- <laughs> the pricing is the same. You just Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, so those have those have held pretty, pretty as as pretty solid options, and they still have room to come down in price. There's a new Seiko Slim Turtle that came out. I think it's the SPB three one seven. It's really nice. Uh, it's kind of hot right now, so it's it's a little closer to to a thousand dollars, and people are paying that. <laughs> but I th- I think as it as it comes to the the states and um. You know, you see more and more of them come up used. You're going to get, uh, you know, probably better deals, um, secondary market. Yeah. If you were interested in something kind of under a thousand bucks that wasn't like a Seiko or a Citizen or an Orient, there are, at least on my list, a couple options that are not those things. So I have the, I have the weirdly, like, I feel like people don't like this watch as much as I do. I have the Mito Ocean Star on here. Um, specifically this generation one titanium there's a second generation of titanium Mido uh, uh, ocean stars out now they're I think a little over a thousand bucks but you can still get this um, original um, ocean star in titanium with the powermatic 80 movements uh, the only problem is it is only available in gray and orange so if you mm-hmm. don't like orange pretty universally enjoyed colors <laughs> I feel like gray is. I feel like orange can be pretty can be pretty dividing, you know. Yeah. I guess on a dive watch it makes sense. Um I also do have the Doxa Sub 200 if you really wanted to push it as close to a 1000 as possible. <laughs> Cuz these things um what did I write down? Really between like 950 and like a 1000 bucks, I think uh, uh depending on I think what's going on and everything like that. Is uh, is where I had these. That's pushing it. That docs is what nine ninety or something. It's something like that. Yeah, I think I think I saw somewhere in like nine fifty when I was like doing a bunch of like the price researching and things like that. But that, like I said, if you if you were comfortable pushing it right right up to a thousand and you really liked this watch, cool. However, if you really like the Doxa for its you know the beads of rights, this cool vintage look, um, all that fun stuff. I would be happy to nudge you in the direction of the Baltic Aquascape or Aquascape. I have no idea how to say this watch's name. You reviewed this watch. Um, I find this Baltic uh, definitely in the same sort of uh, the same person who would like the Doxa would like this Baltic as well. Uh, the Baltic has the advantage of being basically, I think, half the price. Or um, it's uh, what did I write down? Between five and six hundred dollars U.S. Um, so it's like three or four hundred bucks less. It's also smaller at 39 millimeters, whereas the Doxa Sub 200 is 42 millimeters. Um, if that helps anyone out in terms of their decision making, but I like this Baltic a lot. I always, they have they have so many versions now. There's there's a version many. now with a 12 hour bezel. There's a GMT version, like a, with a GMT hand. There's a titanium version. Ooh, now you're talking my language. Also, still under a thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, the GMT is just pushing up there like close to a thousand as well yeah <clears throat> so if you like that sort of vintage take on a modern designed watch with maybe a little bit of dash of uh almost stylistic minimalism because the baltic folks really capture that pretty well um it's a micro brand they're based in france uh they're not as old as doxa but they capture a lot of those similar vintage vibes at least with the diver most everything you're going to find on there is going to be 
relatively affordable, especially compared to Docs. I would I would check that out. That's um that's a really really good spot to be in. I think. Yeah. In terms of dabbers, what else? Covered all the hits, at least on my end. But I think you're totally right. When you start having this conversation, it usually starts with Seiko or Orient. Yeah, I think I think these days, you know, when when I think of the best stuff under a thousand, uh, I think one of the brands I think of is Marathon. Also, ooh shit, um, that's a good one. You can still get the uh, like the the TSR in thirty six. You can get that under I think seven twenty. Uh, mm. You can get the Pilot Navigator, the new one that we talked about last episode. Yep, that's around four hundred or less. Those are two. I guess I guess these are strictly you know, one is a mili- military style uh, diver and one is a military style pilot watch, but. Um, those are two really cool options, especially if you're, you know, you don't care much about quartz. They're, they're mm. both quartz watches. Um, that is actually the anomalous thing about this list that I put together when I, until I, I didn't realize it until the end, there are no quartz watches on here. There are no quartz watches. Okay. That is okay. not intentional. That was, <clears throat> that was, uh, that was an accident. It's but okay. in future iterations, I'm going to make sure to get quartz watches on here. What's quartz and really popular today also that's under a thousand and this is I think Seiko's in a good spot here. Uh those solar speed timers that there are two different Ooh, collections. Yes. Those are very hot, very much I would say WIS watches. <laughs> like very yeah. much watch nerd approved. Uh both good the one. the old version and the new version, those those solar chronographs. And we have we have articles for both on the website. Yep. Uh, I do think the newest ones are really, really nice. I saw those in New York too. Uh, 600, 700-ish. There you um, go. Yeah, so those those would be a good pick for me. Um, you don't have, let's see, okay, I guess Baltic you can count as a micro. I was going to say, is Baltic the only micro brand that you have here? I think I know where you might be going. Uh, Gavox is not on this list. Well, I again. I'm try- I'm going to be adding them. I needed to hit my posting date, but they're going to be on here too. Well, the thing is, I'm trying to get back into that 2016 mindset. When you're hunting under 1K, the micro brand discussion inevitably comes up. Yeah, and you know, I'm trying to think of who I was thinking of back then that is still a good choice today. Brew, uh, Brew, Raven, um. You know, Ravens ha- pushing it now, aren't they? Aren't they close to like a? Are they? Aren't, they're getting expensive. Let's see. Both gonna Google Raven watches. <laughs> I thought the tracker. I thought the tracker was still. Oh, you're right. We're six. We're four hundred, six hundred. Oh, okay, never mind. What the fuck was I thinking? Yeah, they have the airfield at four twenty. They have the. Let's see. Let's see. Airfield would be perfect in the everyday watches area. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looks like he it looks like he sold out a lot of the trekkers. So mm-hmm. um but yeah, I think I think all of those were were under a thousand. He's got the uh, <laughs> he's got a two tone version left and a and a full gold uh, version. Yeah, because they these, you know, he. I think I think there was a run of the trekkers that had ETA movements, 
Uh, and those those were kind of up there, but it looks like for this run we're back to Miyota nine zero one five. Maybe that's maybe that's what I was remembering. That's probably yeah. what you, probably what you remember. Nice. Um, Halios, even with all the the crazy success that Jason has had, um, I, I I don't know the price of the new C fourth, but again that fair one when it came out was just a hair under seven hundred for um, like if you were in Canada, mm. and then shipping anywhere else would probably bump you to i think 725 it was um and that again that's that's a heck of a watch if you look at the bracelet and and all yeah. of that oh yeah yeah so the the micro brands um or maybe not so micro brand these days if they're still around the independence um, let's call yeah. it the independence yeah I, i'm really i'm trying to be more intentional with that term and i think uh respectful as well because I, I think you know, some of these guys aren't so micro anymore. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it really is kind of eye opening to have this discussion and try to think of what we were talking about back then. <laughs> um, so those are, those are still good micro brands to, to look into. Or, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, again, th- this, independence. <laughs> this list needs to be, inclu- uh, needs to just feature more, um, independence in there basically because you're yeah. you're right anytime you're doing a discussion where it's under a thousand or in some cases even under uh 500 you have more options if you start to look at some of these like smaller independent uh operations there are some new ones um one that also comes to mind is sangin uh, oh yeah so you know uh like the releases can be pretty tough to to snatch when they come out but um you know they're getting ready to pull, put out one of the uh, a new run of the atlases which is kind of a cool uh left hand side crown watch with a 12 hour bezel you can get it you know i think brushed stainless steel polished and cool. dlc coated and those are 625 those are really cool oh nice uh or i don't know 625 600 ish somewhere around there okay um so yeah, there's still there's still really good options in that smaller independent space. Not all of them have gone crazy. But it's not the same at the same time, I feel like it is sort of the inevitable trajectory for a business to to to, to not not go crazy, but to charge more. Yeah. Charge more, grow, expand. You know, um, X, Y, Z. We we've seen a lot of micros come and come and go, and the ones that have stayed are the ones who have either treated their businesses properly and grown as necessary, or they are the ones who just stayed independent and just kind of kept on doing their thing. You know. Now on the everyday, I have to ask: Is this the Tissot PRX um, mm. Powermatic? is is this under the everyday category yes cool we got to talk about that one (laughs) so i i the everyday category is interesting it's really one of those things i think that's kind of hard to define i define an everyday watch as something that is not quote-unquote blingy nor is it sort of sporty but it's appropriate quality and design intention enough to fit your everyday routine it does it will not look weird if i throw on my everyday watch with whatever my everyday casual clothes are if your everyday casual clothes are like slacks and a sweater vest or like 
a Metallica shirt and jean shorts or whatever. You know what I mean? Like those two, those people, those, those, those people will have two different quote unquote everyday watches. And so I kind of approach the everyday watch section by identifying, and you can read it in the little paragraph at the top of the section of identifying what an everyday watch sort of wasn't. But, um, but yeah, I, I threw the Tissot PRX Powermatic 80s on here. There's a, there's a lot of Swatch Group watch watches <laughs> on this list, just because this is sort of the area that they, um, they dominate. There's a lot of Tissot's on here, the Mito's on here. We just mentioned that. Um, there's a Certina on here as well. But the PRX I like because it's, um, you know, these retro vibes. It's not really a dress watch. It's not really a sports watch. But it's one of those things I could totally see being someone's everyday watch if they just love the aesthetic of it. You know? Yeah, I I think I think with the PRX they obliterated just this whole space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially if you look at the quartz thirty five millimeter version. Yeah, that is, uh, I think, down to the specification, the old Tissot C Star, which was really popular and quartz originally, uh, and those are three ninety five. Come in a ton of different colors. Um, I. I, I get the appeal of the automatic movement or the, the Powermatic 80. I'd get one of these quartz, and I think it it's that's a good everyday watch, honestly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of Powermatic 80s on here. <laughs> that's something we didn't have back in 2016 is this to PRX. I'm, I'm very glad to to live in a watch world today where we have the this this collection of watches. Very, I'm telling very you, like, like it... it, it if really i mean so 2016 so it's 2023 oh, fuck math uh seven years six seven years ago mm-hmm. it does feel like a different world honestly. it does yeah so um i would i totally would have bought one of these i think yeah you know so i got that on my everyday list uh do you, can, can can we talk about gamma do you, can, can we talk about the mail mac i'm dying to talk about the mail can we talk about this <laughs> Can we talk about Yema? Are you familiar with this brand? Let's talk about Yema. There's so much that I don't know about Yema other than I I um I think I upset them a little bit when I started touching their watches in New York. <laughs> but I could have been more polite. You have like Cheetos, you have like Cheeto fingers and you're like, and you're like touching all their shit? I just I just grabbed stuff and I was like my wife was like, I think you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, sorry. sorry. They they look really good, so I wanted to I wanted to mess with them. Um, Yema is not really necessarily a household name, but it's one of those things that um, every time I do research or I do a little bit of digging, uh, they inevitably come up. I've covered them on the site before. Um, I think the Yema Superman made it onto uh, one of my other previous TBWS articles. I encountered this Yema model specifically as part of my uh, sub 40 millimeter Arabic numeral everyday watch hunt. It is okay. the Yema Flygraph Pilot M2. The Flygraph series is a, a legacy series from Yema. They used to be chronographs. They used to be used in aviation. Um, Yema is based in France. They started in the 40s, 1948. So it's it's a legacy French brand. It gets complicated with them because the Quartz Crisis basically you know, killed them. And then Seiko bought them in 1988. And then nothing really happened. But then... Um, um, it went back under French ownership in 2004, and since that point, it's been experiencing um, like a revitalization of sorts. And so, it's it presents a really interesting spot for the quote-unquote value proposition space because 
It's a legacy European brand with um, proper orological chops, but they're also in this space where you can get some really, really good deals. So this Flygraph Pilot M2, I'm not going to buy this watch, and I'll tell you why I'm not going to buy this watch. There's literally mm. one number that makes me not want to buy this watch. But um, this thing is 39 millimeters, 48 millimeters, uh, lug to lug. It has a true in-house movement. It's rocking the Yema 2000. So in-house movements, good or bad, bad in regards to servicing or if you have any issues, you're kind of stuck working with the brand. Good if you feel like it's a value proposition for you. Some people, you know, like that. Um, regular msrp the uh flygraph pilot m2 on like a like a i think it's like a, like a leather or a rubber strap it's 750 on a bracelet it's 800 but i've seen this thing on sale on yama before for like 490 bucks mm. which is nuts yeah considering what it is uh i love everything about this watch i love the bracelet i love the aesthetics i love the super kind of grainy polished flat bezel um on the front i love everything about this watch but you know why i'm not gonna buy this watch michael why it's a little too thick 13 millimeters thick is that that thick is it, it feels thick to me <laughs> it feels it feels thick to me i i've seen photos of it i've seen people do youtube like video reviews and they're like i have a 6.5 inch wrist and you know the watch sits great and i'm looking at it, it just looks like they just like stacked like 30 quarters and just like put it in their wrists and i'm like <laughs> i don't know man it just but because the, i don't want my everyday watch to be sitting very high up off my wrist um even though i don't in the end like it my uh orion hellcat is 10 millimeters 10.5 millimeters thick the thickness on that watch is perfect nice you know so but i included the yema flygraph pilot m2 on my list of um just like really 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 great uh watches under a thousand bucks because it's also an application of a pilot watch sort of format that feels familiar but still very new i it's i love the way this watch you know looks and if you can get lucky enough to snag the watch at a good price, you can be in it for, I mean, I guess under 500 if you can catch it when they do those crazy-ass deals. So uh, I wanted to include it on here just because if only it was thinner. <laughs> I'm so mad <clears throat> you didn't put Scurfa on here. Well, I'm planning another piece. Scurfa is going to be on. I'm planning another piece. Best watches under $500. Oh, yeah. that's They're, they're the winner. <laughs> Skurfa is gonna win that piece automatically. Is that, um, that's like the cheapest watch you can get with a helium escape valve? I think I'm pretty sure. But it's fucking awesome, dude. That watch is way better than my fucking Orion Hellcat. I paid like 800 bucks for that thing. It's a stupid thing. Yeah, it's uh, sorry, Orion. There's there's really. there's so much that you can get at different price points, man. It's like you can you can get such a crappy fifteen hundred dollar watch and such a crazy good $200 watch. Right? So keep an eye out for best watches under 500 bucks. Nice. I'm telling you, man. All right. It's on your mind. That's good. It's That's on good. my mind. But yeah, this, 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 this Yemo kind of re- really broke my heart. If anyone has this watch and you have my wrist size, um, my wrist size, it's a uh, 6.75 inches. If it wears fine, can, can, can you tell me? Can you, can, can you let me know? Am I missing out? 
Leave him a voicemail. Let him know what it's like. Leave me a voicemail. What do you th- uh, I want to know your thoughts because you and I are kind of on the same boat these days, especially with this in-house thing. What do you think about this? This is the the Yema Two Thousand is 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 actually its own in-house movement. It's not. My understanding is that it's not based on anything. I don't know much about Yema, but that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think the look. Um, let's see the one that you picked because they have they have a diver version and they have a. A piloty one. That's the one on the pop rocks, right? <laughs> on on these on these fishbowl pebbles. Yeah. Uh, the pilot. The it's the Flygraph Pilot M2. Okay. They make another one that I like that I think is part of the the 2000. Um, I think I like the Pearl Diver a little bit more. Or no, it's called. There's the Superman. The Navy Graph. That one's cool. So they have they have a couple. I think they have a couple of watches that they do this in house stuff with. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't know if I'm liking this this piloty one all that much. That's fair. Maybe there's something about that. You know what I think? I think it's the bezel. I don't like that that brushing. It's 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 so prominent. It's almost to the point of distraction. It's kind of it's kind of why I don't like the Pelagos 39 all that much. Oh yeah, like the 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 dial. A lot of folks complain about the dial, but it's the um, it's that brushing on the bezel that kind of bugs me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I hear that. No, but they make very cool stuff that I, uh, you know, I think it looks really good. And I like I'm, this navy graph. This one's fun. I'm consistently surprised by their pricing. I'll I'll say that about Yema. I guess it's. I, it's because I think they know they're so they're in such a place where they're not well known that. They can't price as if they are well known. Yeah, the, are, they a, are they a micro brand? <clears throat> I don't think they're a micro brand. I don't think they're a micro brand. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> they're just a very unknown, relatively newly revitalized um, legacy European brand. Yeah, and there are, there are brands that are going to be going through that now, like Nevada, Grenchen. Uh, mm. I think Volcane just got revived by the same group. Oh, um, cool. <clears throat> yeah, so we can have this talk again in seven years. <laughs> From the ashes of the Phoenix will rise a new whatever brand is this is this month. I don't know. It's hard to find. It's hard to find Seiko's killing it in this range again, though. I have two. So uh, not counting the Seiko Turtle, just because that. That's that's a great watch. I have two Seiko. I have two other Seikos on here, and they're both part of the Presage series. Yeah. So I have the Seiko Presage Sharp Edged series, which um just looks like the uh, Disney golf ball to me. <laughs> it, it it looks like the outside of Spaceship Earth. Uh-huh. Um. I put these on the list in the dress watch category because the dimensions are perfect, perfectly classic for a timeless dress watch. 39 millimeters in diameter, 47 millimeters lug to lug, 11 millimeters thick. Really, really, really nice. I included them on here because um, if you are maybe looking for something that does wear a little bit more on the classic side, but you want something that's just a little bit more kind of leaning towards something fun, the dial texture does add a little bit of an X factor. So that's why I put these on here. But within the Sharp Edge series, these date display models are the only ones that fit in this under a thousand dollar area they're at like 900 bucks if the fucking seiko sarb 003 wasn't discontinued that would have been on here 
Yeah, those were discontinued, and um, <laughs> things are incredible. Yeah, that 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 watch was also on that list. People were saying uh, that's that's going to be a classic watch in the future that mm. goes up in value like crazy. We'll see. Um, the other I, Seiko. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, no, talk about that Seiko before I bring this up. The other Seiko was one that um, I'm not a particular fan of, but I know it represents like a really interesting spot. It's the very last one on my list. It's this Seiko Presage uh, style 60s. You know, the 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 original 1964 Seiko Monoprusher chronograph. Um, these are not chronographs. Style 60s. They came out with a chronograph, I think, when they did these. Yeah. Um, I remember this. Mm-hmm. They're okay. So. They're okay. I, I think they were interesting for someone that maybe... Because I tried to think of like what other folks would look for in something like this just to provide like a breadth of options. I think this would be cool for someone that would look for something with a bit of a vintage sort of lean that maybe had a bit more of a, like a moodiness to it because I like this dark and light interplay that's occurring, especially between some of these like darker numerals. So if you just look at the dial of both of these watches I have on here, nothing on here is white. Everything's either like cream or like a very faded sort of like gold color. You think that bezel turns? I I do. I do not believe it does. I hate that. I hate that. This is not the watch for us then, Michael. (laughs) I do like that. You kept the, the, to sew the, the viso date on here, the viso date. I think no, no list. That includes a dress watch category, cannot include the 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 the, the, the Tissot Viso date or Viso date, however you say. I think I think just like the Orient, uh, the Mako and the Seiko SKX. Mm-hmm. In that discussion, you hear a lot of times if you're looking for something dressier, there's the there's the Viso date. Yeah, I think I even, I think I literally even wrote that. Um, when someone asks, yeah, hands down, when someone asks us for a recommendation for a simple. Nice, quote-unquote, white dial dress watch that can be dressed up or down and has an automatic movement, we always recommend the Tissot Viso date. In this case, the Powermatic 80. I know there's versions of this that are um, quartz, and you bet your fucking ass they're going to be on the best list, best watches for 500 bucks list. Yeah. Because <laughs> those things, I think, are in a similar area as the uh, Tissot PRXs. I think they're in the three 400s. And there are more options today, too. I, I don't think mm-hmm. this this bracelet option was around... A few years back. You could have had a brown strap or a black strap. Yeah. <laughs> Kids today. <laughs> Y'all don't know how good you have with choices, man. All right. We used to only have three Seiko SNK field watches. Now you have like a shit ton. That's true. Hey, those are really good. I'm liking those more and more, by the way. I guess the updated version of, of your watch. They're a little uh-huh. bit bigger, but I kind of I kind of like them. What are they? 40 millimeters? 39? What is it? I think they're 39. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. The originals are either 36 or 37. And I know that's just too small for something like like that will just look silly on some people's wrist. Yeah. Let's see. I have, I have bird wrists, so I like the way it looks on me. <laughs> yeah. 39.4 millimeters. I think that's, that's what pretty these, sweet. Yeah. What's the thickness on that? Thickness. Say is not going to tell me. Bastard. Oh, 13, 13 millimeters. Uh, that's too thick. No. Really? I don't know. I think it's okay. I just, I'm so conscious. You're just so used to that Grand Seiko. It fucked me up. It actually, <laughs> it actually really fucked me. And, and, and the Seamaster. The Seamaster's thin too. It's like 10 or 11 millimeters. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think those those look like cool options. I I, I sometimes um, actually last night I was looking for one on Prime. Like I'm just gonna try one. A Visa date? No, not the Visa date. The um, one of these new Seiko Five. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they got just so many different colors. You can get one to review. Maybe. There are a ton of colors for that thing. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting. We'll uh, what else is on the list? Orient Star is actually a really, really cool brand that, in this under one thousand dollar area, um, tends to get overlooked because I think there's a lot of confusion around the brand. So, you know, Orient Star is to Orient models like the traditionals we were talking about, like Orient uh, Mako and Orient Ray and the Orient Bambino. Orient Star is to regular Orient what like Seiko Presage is to Seiko. Like it represents uh, a different tier of watches that are generally they generally have more attention to detail placed on them. Obviously, they're going to be usually more expensive. Yeah. But um, I included the Orient Star uh, Contemporary Standard uh, product series in the dress watch category because at five or six hundred bucks, these things are sick. Mm-hmm. especially if you want something that's got a steel bracelet it feels nice and substantial um 39 millimeters in-house movement um it's really really cool plus these orient stars i love bringing up orient star because if you're in a group of people at least one of them's gonna be like oh the power reserve <laughs> people hate i can't ever talk about this do you get the power reserve no, I like it. It's, I like it. It's in all of them, right? It's that. That's it's, like the thing with it's them. like a, it's like the thing. So the Orient Star calibers, the 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 base for all of the Orient Star calibers, even the modern post Epson ones, they have a power reserve just in it. So all Orient Star models, from what I've been able to see, have a power reserve, and people yeah. are just like some people hate it. I don't give a fuck. I think it's awesome. <laughs> um, these Orient Star contemporaries, they have the power reserve and they also have, um, you know, a Roman numeral at 12 and then a Roman numeral at 6. And the rest of them is like this uh, polished, slightly beveled um, baton marker look. So, yeah. Um, plus, at five to 600 bucks, the bracelet on these things. I've owned um, two. I've owned two Orient Star models in my time and different price ranges. The bracelets on both of them were fucking amazing. So I think Orient Star is actually something that did more folks need to pay attention to when they're looking at this thousand dollar mark especially if you don't want to buy into the swatch group just swatch group <laughs> at the swap shop swatch group tso models which tend to dominate a lot of this area you know the swap shop remember the swap shop michael <laughs> you know it's so funny you say swap shop and i just remember being in my dad's truck and hearing the commercials the commercials and, and at I the think, swap shop <laughs> and i think in adulthood i still don't know what it is You've never been to the swap shop? No, what is that? Yo, I, I, just the commercials, it's, but <laughs> it's at the, it's at the swap shop. Anyone else from the uh, South Waterfall area will have fond, maybe traumatic memories of those commercials. So it's basically just a giant open air kind of market or bazaar. It used to be really fucking cool. Okay. You used to be able to buy like decommissioned, like, military weapons and like it was really weird it was actually in retrospect it's probably not the best place uh, maybe talking be. about on air 
as it should be. Um, <laughs> it's kind of toned down. I went there recently with my wife as an adult because I was just like, babe, we got to go to the swap shop. It's going <laughs> to blow. It's going to blow your mind. It's going to it's going to be the closest we're ever going to get to like an Agrabah bazaar. You're just going to walk into another world and there'll be people just selling things. Where you're just like, yeah, I didn't know that I needed a cheese grater from Bulgaria in 1949. Like, yeah, I'm, I'll totally buy this. We got there. It was I. Right. It was. It's definitely. It's. It's certainly toned down a lot. Um, mm-hmm. People kind of selling the same thing. A lot of socks. People selling a lot of socks. I just remember seeing socks everywhere. A like lot white, of socks. Like white tube socks. And I was just. I was so crushed because I was so ready to find like a cursed monkey paw or something with my wife. You know. Um, uh, but the swap shop is essentially it's a big open air bazaar. But they also have a big uh, drive-in movie theater. There's like a little kind of carnival circus amusement park thing where you can just like throw your kids while you go and like buy stuff it was uh i don't know if it's still around <laughs> and this conversation will literally have no impact for anyone else who did not grow up in the south florida area but yeah you'll find it at the swap shop i thought it was like a like an auto parts store or something oh you can get auto you can you can <laughs> buy car shit there you can get your car tinted for ten dollars there you probably shouldn't but you can <laughs> you should not it'll come off as you're pulling out of the parking lot <laughs> you'll get like the your your the tint will start bubbling like because the guy will be putting it on with his elbow you know what I mean so like yeah you know. but car tint is probably something where you do get what you pay for <laughs> got it <laughs> but yeah no, you could buy car you, you could get like um you can get like subwoofers in your car and shit like that there at the swap shop we're very off track now this is two bro style Florida snobs man. <laughs> Uh, I wish, I guess in this whole discussion, um, I'm trying to think of what I wish I knew when I was shopping for stuff under a K. Hmm. I wish, I, I, I wish I knew that the watch's preconceived specialness to me was not congruent with the price tag. Yeah. Like, because I really thought that. I really thought, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm. I thought that with my Orange Star. I was right. I was right with the Orange Star. But let's, let's just say the Orion Hellcat maybe was my first purchase over a thousand. It's not mm-hmm. over a thousand. It's, it's eight hundred bucks. So you know, let's just, let's just pretend it's a thousand bucks. If I had done that, if I had basically said, oh, the Orion Hellcat is the most I've ever spent on a watch, I am totally in for something that's gonna blow my mind. I would have been fucking crushed. With what I got. Hmm. It's not worth 800 bucks. But I didn't, but I wouldn't have, but like, I know that now. I don't know if I would have realized it as acutely back then, but that that's what I wish I knew. I wish I knew that the the, the watch's specialness for me was not congruent with the, the price tag. I mean, the Slava Medical, I think I ended up, uh, well, the first time I paid 250 bucks for it. The second time I paid more than that for it, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. But, um, Still under a thousand, both prices combined. This thing is super special. I wish I knew about C to VC. <laughs> right? Right? I would have spent so much less on Millsub homages. I wish I knew how to do better research. <clears throat> yeah. You know, well, I think I think that's why with, with this with with any piece that I put on the TBWS site, the two brokewatchtops.com site, um, I just try to cover brands you don't normally hear about. Yeah. 
like the Orion Stars and the fucking Yemas, and I have fucking Sertina on here. People in the U.S. have no idea what the fuck Sertina is for the most part, you know. So it's just um, I have I have the Young Hans Max Bill on here. That's Sertina was tough to get in the states for a while, up until I think recently. It still is. I think there's only two or three actual brick and mortars in the U.S., but I think there is now online retailers who are U.S. based. You can buy them through. I think That's isn't cool. Hodinkee one? Maybe I think so. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not. I don't know. But but it is easier to buy Certina online now. So, you know, I that, mm-hmm. that's what I also wish I knew. I wish I knew how to do better research back then. Well, <clears throat> now we have the Two Broke Watch Snobs podcast. We'll do the <laughs> research for you. Uh, go and check out the site. Check out the piece. Best watch is under a thousand bucks. Um, let me know your thoughts. And uh, do please keep in mind that the companion piece, Best Watches for Under five hundred dollars um is coming up soon before you start <laughs> before you start yelling at kaz before you start being like, like i did <laughs> <laughs> you didn't you didn't yell you very politely informed me that there may be some other options yeah <laughs> that could have made it on the list but yeah That's no scurfa scurfa the 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 prx quartz models honestly the orient bambino which is a watch i fucking love um all of that shit is under 500 bucks and they're all fantastic and they're going to make it on, on that list with the, a lot of other micros too a lot of the micros be covered so um but yeah i i'm curious to see what this year has in store for this kind of 1000 dollars price point because i i think just with the advent of um how far manufacturing is coming how much access to resources and different manufacturing practices practices uh, micro brands have i really really think 2023 is going to have some interesting uh sub 1000 releases i'm also just excited to see if any new brands pop up any new micro brands hit the scene i will i guess technically you reviewed one isn't imperium or imperial i was fucked up i'm sorry isn't Im- imperial imperial relative? yeah yeah just a dude that like He's like, yeah, I like modding stuff. I'm gonna make something, and, so, and they up and they all sold out. They're really cool. Good for them. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah. You know, Pure World Guard 200. There it is. Yeah, that's a great example. So like that, like that kind of stuff is what I'm pumped for this year. I'm also really excited for a micro brand to um, wash this bad taste out of my mouth uh, after this Orion <laughs> Hellcat. I, I'm just on the edge of my seat waiting to see what Richard Meal does next. I keep emailing them. They don't. <laughs> I'm seeing that the redid because I put a read tracker on there, but they're not responding. That's such a dream. I would love to have them just like spill it. Like, yeah, I love scamming celebrities. I love scamming celebrities. <laughs> you hear it here on the two book watch knobs first. Um, It'd be so funny. <laughs> well, uh, it, well, who 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 better to have admit that Jacob and Co. or Richard Beale? I think I think Richard Beale because Jacob and Co. has like, I think he's got real history behind him and like a, a true jeweler's background. He's a true jeweler. He's a, he's, a, he's a proper jeweler. I, but, yeah. But this guy is selling like plastic watches. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's a plastic watch. <laughs> like no joke. Anyways, someone's gonna uh, write to us and be like, "It's actually not plastic. It's actually a high polycarbonate resin mixture. Plastic is a bit of a is a bit of a reduction, guys. Let's be real here. It's like, okay, well, fucking cool it, nerds. All right, uh, great. Watch nerds. I haven't done I haven't done Nugbeard uh, in a while. I was like, <laughs> I think he's long over too. <laughs> you should. We should have the neckbeard 
interview Richard Mill. Like he doesn't oh he doesn't God. know what we sound like. <laughs> so you're you're that guy, you're that person the whole interview through. I could It'll probably maintain I could probably maintain that persona for like an hour and a half. <laughs> you know? That'd be impressive. I um I thought about doing another Sylvia Watch episode. It's been a while. Dude, just you talking like that for an hour? With with the neckbeard voice? Oh, okay. Sylvia was... Sylvia watches? That's next level podcasting. I could do that. Because we have a couple of Sylvia Watch episodes where I was solo and um God, I just went full Pepe Sylvia. And like I was just I, was just I did the same thing with Doxa. Yeah. It's... That's so good. That's right. So it's just, I don't know. Those those episodes are fun. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'll do another one. Yeah. So today you're buying something for under a K today. We can end it this way. What are you getting? If I'm buying something for under a thousand today, what am I going to get? So technically this is under 500, but whatever. I would get, I'll probably get a scurfa. I would probably get one of those, um, those titanium, uh, uh scurfas that I had. Cause I think it was pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. It's hard. This is hard. Or I would get this Yama fly graph. <clears throat> Just say fuck it. And then hate it. And then sell it. <laughs> In that order. Dude, I'd get this citizen titanium diver. Those things are sweet, man. Yeah. Oh. Oh, another reason for me to hate the fly graph pilot M2 19 millimeter lug width. Oh, that's more upsetting. That's more upsetting to you than 13 millimeters thing. Yeah, yeah, that's more upsetting. <laughs> Ah, man, that's so good. Um, but here, let's do this. I think we're, I think we're in a good spot. I, I, I'm excited for this year. I'm excited for everyone to check out the piece. Let me know your thoughts on our selections, not just on the twobrookwatchtimes.com website, but also on the show. We covered a lot of watches that didn't make it onto the list, and rest ye assured, they're gonna make it on there. Oh, how you like your how? As I burp, how are you liking your sanguine? Sanguine, I can't say it. Sanguine. Sanguine. I like it a lot. Things Talk bad. about it. I don't yeah. think you've ever talked about it on air. Things badass. I could, I could, it could be a wrist check next time. I could talk about it more. <laughs> Let's do that. That, that deserves its own. That thing is the perfect GMT diver. Put it that okay. way. Okay. Should it make, should, should it make my list of best GMT watches? That's a good one, actually. That's a really good option. It's a good one to have on there, I think. Sounds I think like. so. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Let's do that for your wrist check next time. I'm excited. Yeah. But here, man, is it uh, is it that sad time? Sad time. You gotta go do the football thing. Watch the football thing. Oh my God! It's the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you watching? No, is, I mean, is, I think I think there's some plans we have. But yeah, that's the thing today. My neighbor invited me, and he was like, "He's like, oh, come on over." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, okay." And I was like, well, "And maybe I should. Maybe I should. <laughs> I don't know. Who's playing? Am I playing?" Eagles and the Chiefs. Okay. Do we have a favorite? I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say anything. People are gonna get really mad. <laughs> no matter what you say, it's the wrong answer. That's the best part. Mm-mm. Yep. I'm not gonna say that on air. Uh, I don't know anything about football. I'm sorry. Me, me neither. I'm pretending. But it's fine. <laughs> but here, let's do this. You can sign us out. I'll say goodbye to the kiddos and then uh, close up shop. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You have been listening 
the two broke watch knobs later. Later.